Okay folks, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Wala Qibatul Muttaqeen, Wala Udwana Illa Ala Al-Zalimeen, Wa Salawatullahi Wa Salamuhu Ala Ashraf Al-Anbiya'i Wal Mursaleen, Sayyidina Muhammad Wa Ala Alihi Wa Sahbihi Ajma'in, Allahumma La Sahla Illa Ma Ja'altahu Sahla, Wa Anta Tajul Al-Hazna, Itha Shaita Sahla, Allahumma A'inna Ala Dikrika, Wa Shukrika, Wa Husna Ibadatik, Ya Rabbil Kareem, Assalamu Alaikum, Wa Rahmatullahi, Wa Barakatuhu, Wa Anals, what on earth else did you think it was, Salman Ulfa? You guys are asleep, man. Qasim, come on, man. The greatest single avatar in history. Although I've never been able to work out how to change our individual ones. Assalamu alaikum, Ahlul Ghana, and Ahlul London, and Ahlul Memphis, and Ahlul Houston, and Ahlul Everybody, and Alina, and Maysara. And Noor and Auntie Shakila, and then Baji Amal from good old Yorkshire, Ejlal from Vancouver, Aisha Mukaddam. Yeah, where is that? I actually have to remind you, man. And then Jodri, peace from the Middle East of London, you sick guy. And then Saadia, and then Suhail, and Mahira. Mahira from uh, Michigan, uh, from uh, from uh, from uh, New York State, whatever, New Jersey, New York, whatever. Danish, you got to work it out, bro. You got to work it out. Saima and all the new folks. We have new people as well. Those people who finally realized, Yanni, that for the fifteenth time when we were telling them that there's a there's a program on Telegram and class and stuff, they said, "Oh yeah, you know what? Let's join." Custom man, it's classic. Every time we send an email out, that's what happens. I told you how to get rid of the email system. But it's not happening. Yeah, Ahlam Sahlan Mahira from Windsor. Well, I depends on Miss Windsor. Ambassador Bridge, Windsor, Weather, little, little cheeky Tim Hortons, and a bit of food, this, that, whatever, a bit of Dairy Queen. Got some Miss Me, baby, Canada. Yeah. Anyway, Jello. All right, folks. We are in the middle of. We are in the middle, right in the middle. By the way, how sick is the app? Use the email associated with your account and upload your picture there. Wow, Gravatar. Interesting. Interesting. I intend to, Mahira. One way or the other. I intend to. Right. By the way, Mahira, you know, Usama. Uh, uh, Oh, no, no, he's that's the other Muslim. Okay. All right, folks. We're in the middle of the section that men are ne necessary to... Uh, men are necessary. Obligatory upon the men to attend the uh, congregation or perform the prayer in congregation. Uh, someone going to put me the text up on the screen? What's going on? Someone put this text on the screen for me, number one. Number two, how sick is the new app? And the fact that you can, on the app, you can actually choose... The page number in the text that you want honestly so impressive so impressive so impressive i was bamboozled by that it's better than the the, the the one you got here you can't do that to the one here i don't think now my best is going to be done obviously harith right so we are in Maybe we'll get to وَتُسْتَحَبُّ صَلَاةُ أَهْلِ الثَّغْرِ فِي 
مسجد واحد maybe we'll get to that وعليكم السلام عارف عارف we've been missing you for so long Harith now you are officially Haris now for the entire rest of the class you are full Haris how on earth Yani do you guys not know you're here every week the telegram group is put on this group every single week we post about nothing else but other than the Apple app and Android I should let you know Ijlal anyway back to Arif Arif where on earth have you been where on earth have you been Arif Habibi by the way Arif, you're meant to be supervising that translation of Nur al-Sair. Bro, I need you to come through on that. Alright. So. Okay. Honestly, man. He's been lollygagging. That's the word. That's the word of the day. Lollygagging. What a sick word. Canadians come up with the sickest words. Right. So. It is required for men to pray in congregation for the five daily prayers. But it is not a condition. It can be prayed in his house. This is the humbly mainstream position. And that's what we're going to be. We started covering that last week. We spoke a, a bit about um, uh, whatever we spoke about. Yeah, we said that some of the scholars said that it is a sunnah. And others said X, Y, Z. Others said it's just permissible. And of course, um, the humbly position and Sheikh Uthameen's position is that it's absolutely obligatory. Okay. Absolutely obligatory. So be aware of that. Okay. He carries on then right at the top of page 141. We're going to have a nice productive lesson. By the way, just in case I forget at the end, next week lesson is being changed. The time, be aware, it's going to be the same time but on Monday. You know, we do sometimes these one-offs when I'm traveling. I'm traveling on the Wednesday at the time of the lesson. So it's going to have to be Wednesday, next Wednesday, uh, next Monday, next Monday on the 31st, bloody move, 31st, can you, yeah, I nearly said 31st of February, that nearly was me, 28th of February, yeah, the 28th of February, it's going to be at 8.30pm UK time, so same time, but just different day, alright folks, alright, so we're going to make sure we remind ourselves to do that again, anyway, if you're on the app, page 141 of the commentary, and if you're not on the app, then good luck to you. Find page 141 in the Arabic. And if you don't know what the app is or the text is or the Arabic is, then just enjoy the ride. Just enjoy enjoy the ride. Sorry, Baji. Honestly, man. You go to Cairo when I'm in England. Honestly. Right. Sheikh says that when the author has said that it is absolutely obligatory, all right, um, this would indicate that this is the case both at home and away, meaning as a resident, what we call muqim, non-traveller, and then in safar, when you are musafir, when you are a traveller. And Sheikh says that when he's saying that it's absolutely required from uh, from the men, then this would mean in travel times as well. Because he didn't specify that this is only for when you're at home. And when you don't specify something in fiqh, then we understand it to be taken in a general form. And if it's in a general form, then it applies to everything, home and away. Unless you say specifically required from men at home. So Sheikh says that, so therefore it is obligatory for the congregation to be established even during travel. Even during travel. And the evidences for that are the generality of all the evidences we've said so far that made it obligatory in the first place. Why not? Because it didn't exclude um, travel. It should have. 
those evidences that we've been covering over the last couple of weeks, they should, if they were not applied to, or not applicable to um, travel, it should say only at home, not whilst traveling. It didn't. Therefore, the obligation is across the board, even in travel, according to Sheikh Uthameen and according to a number of the Hanabila as well. And then there are other evidences that are specific. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded his prophet that when they are in jihad, that they establish the jama'ah. And it's absolutely obvious, anyone who knows history knows that the Prophet that virtually all of the jihad that he uh, conducted was whilst traveling in a state of travel. So therefore, Sheikh Uthameen says that the, 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 the congregation is obligatory uh, away whilst you're traveling as a musafir, just as it is when you are at home. Likewise, another evidence is that the Prophet ﷺ continuously used to pray in Jama'ah when he was traveling. Even to the extent that when he missed the Fajr prayer, and they all missed it, Bilal radiallahu and the Mu'addin overslept, Prophet ﷺ overslept, everybody overslept, they're out there in the wild on a journey. Then he woke up وسلم, and then when he woke up after sunrise, he told everybody get up and he told everybody pray as you see me praying. Meaning that make the adhan, let's pray sunnah, let's pray jama'ah. So they prayed even a gone prayer, qadha prayer as a jama'ah. Okay. All right. The author said, Lissalawat al-Khams, for the five prayers, obligatory to attend the congregation or make in congregation for the five prayers, obligatory. The jama'ah is obligatory for the five prayers. Obligatory for the five prayers, not obligatory in the five prayers. Okay, so it's obligatory for the prayer, not in the prayer. An obligation in the prayer is like the takbiratul intiqal, you know, uh, uh, Allahu Akbar when you go to ruku'ah or Allahu Akbar between the sujoods, or Allahu Akbar when you're standing up, or the tashahud, for example, the first tashahud, right, that you pray. These are all obligations in the salah. An obligation for the salah is something else. This is the jama'ah, is an obligation for the salah, like a straight line is an obligation for the salah, and so on and so forth, okay? You might say, isn't an obligation for an act of worship or for the salah, the same as a condition answer is no. Because an obligation for something means that it has to happen before. And when it happens before, if you don't do it, you are sinful. However, however, the prayer is valid. Whereas if it is a condition, a shart, upgraded from wajib or obligation to the higher level of condition, shart, prerequisite, precondition. If you didn't do that, then there's no prayer afterwards. It's like you didn't fulfill the prerequisites. Whereas if we say you didn't fulfill the obligations beforehand, what that means is that the prayer will be acceptable, but it's not, uh, uh, it's, it's acceptable. You will have achieved sin. You'll be sinful for not praying it in jama'ah, but the prayer is valid. You do not need to repeat it again. That is what Sheikh Uthameen's position is, and that's what he's explaining. Now, uh, he goes, as for Salawat al-Khams, the, the author says, five prayers, right? You know, I keep forgetting the text, man. Uh, 
It is required for men to pray in congregation for the five daily prayers. For the five daily prayers. Five daily prayers. Dhuhr, Fajr, Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha. No other prayer than that. But there are other obligatory prayers, right? So a prayer, for example, which at the bottom he says, Al-Mandhura. Al-Mandhura is the prayer which you have vowed to pray. If I pass my exam, I swear, I vow that I will offer two raka anafal. If you go and get a haircut, I will pray two raka anafal. If you go on a diet, I will pray two raka anafal. That's a vow. It's a qasam. You have to do that. That's obligatory. That's obligatory to perform that prayer because you have sworn by it. But it's not the same level as the obligatory prayers of the day. Sheikh Uthameen says if there were two people that swore two similar vows, maybe there's two mates and they say, I swear if I pass the exam, I'm, I'm praying two rakah. And the other guy goes, well, that's true, man. If I swear, if I pass the exam, you know, we, I blacked it all, didn't do any revision. Shukran lillah, or gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm going to pray two rakah as well, 100%. So then they pass the exams and they say, right, okay, I've got to pray two, you got to pray two. If they decided to pray them in congregation, like together, which some scholars would allow. This is something which they do not need to. Sorry, sorry. Let me start again. Now that they've both are there at the same time, same place, they kind of saying, right. Oh, I've got to, um, I've got to uh, pray in congregation. Answer is no. You do not need to pray this in congregation. It's not every obligatory prayer. The Jumu'ah prayer is a replacement of the Dhuhr prayer, so that doesn't count. And the prayer for the eclipse, the majority of the scholars consider that to be a Sunnah prayer. Yeah, um, and Sheikh says, "Wala tajibu, wala and it's also not obligatory for the supererogatory prayers, the non-obligatory prayers. It's not obligatory for that. So, for example, if a person wants to pray some extra prayers, then it's not yeah, necessary for him um, uh, to pray that in congregation. It's not necessary. It's not obligatory. Okay, not obligatory." Question, Sheikh says, is it allowed to pray non-obligatory prayers in Jama'ah or is that a bid'ah? Sheikh says, obviously, there's some details to this. So there are some nafil prayers which, which it is legislated. It is legislated to pray them in Jama'ah. For example, Salatul Istisqa, which is the prayer for rain or Salatul Kusuf. And Sheikh Uthameen makes the, makes the point that's of course, based upon the opinion that it is a sunnah, because you know that some consider it to be an obligation. So if you consider that Salatul Kusuf as a sunnah, then this is another example of it, okay? And Qiyamul Layl in Ramadan, so Tahajjud or Tarawih, whatever you want to call it, when you're praying it with someone or whoever, these are prayers for which the Jama'ah is legislated, so it's prayed. That's fine. It's not obligatory though. But then there are other supererogatory prayers, non-obligatory prayers, for which the jama'ah is not legislated, such as the rawatib prayers. Those are the sunnah prayers that are linked to the fard prayers. There are two sunnah before fajr, the two before dhuhr, the two after, the two after isha, the two whatever. The kusuf is the eclipse prayers, are the eclipse. Um, yeah. And... Sheikh Uthameen says also the night prayer outside of Ramadan. This is not yani, one of the prayers that is prayed in congregation. However, if he prays it in congregation here and there, and we had a big discussion about what here and there means, yeah? Ahyanan, 
non-organized, non-announced, and that's why the whole youth qiyam kind of thing where you, you know, announce it a couple of weeks in advance, there's a bit of a, you know, that's a bit dodgy to be honest. However, you know, you're praying, you arrive at, you come to the mosque, you know the mosque's open 24-7 and then you tap next guy on the shoulder and you pray together. Or someone's at home, family member, for example, wakes up and you find a family member praying already, so you join him um, or, or join her, whatever. Okay, so those um, are examples of how it is legislated to be performed. And that, of course, the Prophet ﷺ, he did that. It happened to him with uh, Abdullah ibn Abbas in his home. And also he prayed with Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman. Radiallahu ta'ala anhu as well. And also, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud once uh, joined the Prophet in the night prayer outside of Ramadan, normal tahajjud uh, prayer. Okay? That's the last one. We've already mentioned the previous ones before. Um, you want some references? We did it before, but page 60, the reference. Let's have a look. Ibn Abbas, narrated by Imam al-Bukhari, hadith number 698, when he prayed with Hudayfa ibn Yaman, narrated by Imam Ahmed, and narrated by Imam Abu Dawood, hadith number in Abu Dawood 871. By the way, you might not, you might have noticed, Mesa will have known obviously, but others might not have noticed, um, that I, 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 I rarely give the reference to the riwayah from, from the Musnad of Imam Ahmed. All right. I always give the the I, I give a uh, an Abu Dawood or uh, a Nasai or other references. The reason why I don't give references from Imam Ahmed is because they're using the old school Ahmed Shakir edition, which is volume number, page number, which is a bit difficult to find. Whereas Hadith number is easier; it's more universal across the editions. So that, just so that people know that for the future, and then um, and then. Uh, he prayed with Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu and that's also narrated by Imam Bukhari. That hadith is number 1135. Okay, so you've got different yeah, evidences for that. Um, should your son lead the youth qiyam? Should I discourage him from it? Yeah, that's a difficult question, man. Someone will remember the big discussion and give you the link. Uh, it wasn't that long ago. I, I, I bet you were in the lesson as well. It wasn't that long ago when we spoke about this. Okay, so... You know, that's something which is um, allowed. Um, but there's a lot of discussion about it. And I'm not, I'm not altogether a massive fan of it. But I wouldn't say it's haram or bid'ah. I do lean towards maybe that there's a problem with it. But, you know, someone who is a hafiz or practicing their Quran and so on and so forth. It's difficult, man. It's a, I don't like to answer this question because... I. I wouldn't do it myself and I don't like it, but I don't want to put that upon people because I recognize the benefit and I don't recognize it's the most haram thing in the world and 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 so just find the link and go back to that. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't say no, no, discourage him from it. You know, it's a that's a different game, man. You know, when the son's leading it. I'm talking about the you know, flipping little prison that they all go to University of Crime and they go there and spend all night praying, flipping God knows what. That's a good question. I think it's okay that they pray their night prayer every night together. I think that's okay. Um, but you should tell them to mix it up as well. You should tell them to mix it up. That the asal is that the night prayer is prayed by oneself. The asal is not a congregation. 
the asal meaning like the original kind of status the original form of the night prayer is that it's a quiet individual private prayer it's not meant to be prayed together so they can you know like set up a, a system that you know once a week or once every so and so you know days or whatever they do that Fatima, everybody does that now. All the masajid do that now, following the kind of, you know, masajid that have got young folks. And like I said, Fatima, some, someone put up the link, man, because everyone's keep asking the same question. Yeah, because we covered this in a lot of detail. I think it was a lot of detail. I think. All right. Uh, right. And Sheikh Uthameen says, and sometimes it's allowed, وَأَحْيَانًا uh, it's allowed sometimes to pray general sunnah other than the night prayer in jama'ah. That's allowed sometimes. But it can't be like a sunnah with a specific reason. But if there's like a sunnah that, like for example, there's a couple of lads just walking down somewhere, whatever, and take a pause. You've got one, two hours to kill and say, hey, let's pray some sunnah. Then that can be led as a jama'ah. Because there's no prayer that that sunnah is linked to, no reason is being linked to. It is what we call a nafl al-mutlaq or salat mutlaq al-mutlaqa, yani meaning that it is like a um, undefined general general nafl prayer. This can be prayed in congregation here and there, and one of the evidences for that is the action of the Prophet sallam, Actually, a number of times, he once prayed with Anas and his mother Umm Sulaim and the orphan that they were looking after as well. So he prayed with them in a jama'ah. That's narrated by Imam al-Bukhari, hadith number 380. And also, he once went to the house of Itban ibn Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And the house of Itban, you know, he was quite far away and he wanted basically like a, um, he wanted like a, uh, a prayer kind of zone established, not just for his house, but for his area. So he doesn't have the ability and the resources and whatever to have a masjid, but he wants to have like a mihrab he wants to have like a prayer corner niche, significant kind of prayer presence in his home. And so he invited the Prophet ﷺ and the Prophet ﷺ then came and he prayed meaning that he said to him, where is it that you pray? And the, and the Edban said right here, if you can make this area like a musalla, like a bless it, like, you know, make it like something special, like formula, formula, formalize it. And so he led the prayer sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hadith narrated by Bukhari. Uh, hadith number 424. Alright. Um, Sheikh again clarifying the five daily prayers. He says, what's obvious from this statement, the five daily prayers, that it's obligatory for men to perform this five daily prayers in congregation. In congregation. Sheikh says that there's no difference between whether that prayer is offered on time or whether it's a missed prayer yeah it is mu'adda or maqdiya mu'adda or maqdiya falmu'adda almu'adda is that prayer which is offered in its right time just every prayer that's offered in its right time this is yani this we, we call this concept ada yani you know when you say in urdu faraz adakaru or ya adakaru or whatever you know complete it do it and it means that it's been completed and done a date of salah, yani you have completed the salah correctly, all requirements in its right time. That's a normal time. And the uh, 
as for the maqdiya as uh, as for the qada then that's what we call qaza yeah qaza so the qaza prayer you know packs call it qaza that's qada or maqdiya that's referring to the prayer that basically the time has gone and so therefore for example if you were all out there in the wild then the prophet and 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 you all overslept and then suddenly just woke up and it was past sunrise then the off then you would all get up and that prayer would be considered a qada because it is after the time and sheikh says that according to our statement of our author the congregation is to be applied across the board it's a general obligation no exceptions therefore for the missed prayer which is late past its time as well as for the prayer which is on its time the congregation is a requirement sheikh uh uh sheikh Uthameen, well done Mesa, jazakumullah khair awesome work um the sheikh Uthameen um says by the way Sheikh goes, I agree with this entirely, that the obligation of the congregation is to be applied to all prayers, whether it's missed, gaza prayer, or whether it's being prayed on its time. However, he wants to correct the notion, as was the opinion of Ibn Taymiyyah, other scholars differed. He wants to correct the notion of what defines a missed prayer. He goes, this is not a missed prayer. This prayer is not called qada. If you all... Uh, missed the Fajr for example as a group and then um, as a group you missed it and then you um, all woke up at the same time this is actually Ada you are performing it in its right time it's right time because for you this is the only time that you had to actually pray it you didn't miss it on purpose, you didn't delay it, and you have a legitimate legal excuse to not being in sin, it's a disaster, but it's not a sin, what you did. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, uh, That whoever oversleeps a prayer or forgets it, then let him pray it as soon as he remembers it, and there is no other expiation other than that. That's it. You wake up, you do it, and um, you just get it done. Right? You just pray the prayer. Okay? Um, and then the Prophet ﷺ in this hadith, he then recited, And established the prayer for my remembrance. Okay? This hadith is sahih. Now, I want you to know, what that basically means is that if a person was planning to get up and everything was in place and everything was going good and then doesn't wake up, and then wakes up later, right? But not out of negligence or not out of any funny behavior or whatever. Then when that person wakes up, for them, that is the time of the prayer. Now, the other scholar said, now this makes a mockery of the whole concept of, of, of qaza. Uh, you know, just why didn't you just call it qaza? And uh, Ibn Taymiyyah responded and said, well, the issue is, is that once you call it qada, it's got a kind of a negative impact to the prayer and, and so on. And you didn't actually miss anything because because you are not held accountable when you're asleep or when you forget. رَبَّنَا لَا تُؤَاخِذْنَا إِنَّ سِينَا أَوْ أَخْطَأْنَا Yeah? That's the whole point of the ayah, right? And Allah, in the, uh, in the hadith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, done. Yani he responded to that dua. So therefore, when we uh, forget, we're not held accountable for forgetfulness, for ignorance, and sleep comes into that. 
Yeah. So, um, so Ibn Taymiyyah and, and Sheikh Uthameen's opinion, and I have to say I like it as well. This is the class position as well. Is that any prayer, which like Asr prayer, which is a prayer that sometimes you know people might forget. Is it really? I don't know. Maybe more Dhuhr, maybe. I don't know. You've got a plan to pray it, but then you know you just get busy, get hooked up, and then suddenly you realize and it's Asr time. Oh my God. That's different to, I remember it at the beginning time, and I said, yeah, I'm going to pray it now, I'm going to pray it now, I'm going to pray it now. That's, that's dodgy behavior. I mean, you know, the day just whizzes past and you kind of completely forgot about Dhuhr. You know, you've forgotten about time changes, forgotten about, you know, day structure, you're traveling between different countries and things like that. Yeah. Um, and you're thinking that it's that time and then the next day uh, and so on and so forth. All right. So, um, yeah. Why is it obligatory to pray in congregation for these um, uh, missed late prayers and normal prayers? The generality of the evidences. The evidences that were mentioned so far to obligate the congregation are to be applied to this as well. Why are we not applying it? Okay. And also because, specifically speaking, a specific evidence is that this is what the Prophet did. When he overslept, he woke up. He then woke up and he was on a journey. That's the, known as the Hadith of Abu Qatada. Okay. Yeah, Asr in winter. I think that's the one. I think in winter, that's what I was thinking of. Now it's getting better now, alhamdulillah. So in the Hadith of Abu Qatada, the famous one, he oversleeps, he wakes up, he wakes the rest of them up, he commands Bilal to make the adhan, then they all pray fajr by them, uh, sunnah by themselves, then they pray the fajr like they pray it normally in congregation. And he raised his voice as well. That's another thing, by the way. In this hadith, which is, I'll give you the reference for, page 72, the hadith of Abu Qatada. The hadith of Abu Qatada is noted by Imam Muslim, hadith number 681. 681. Um, he recited out loud. This is one of the evidences that a person recites out loud in the, by themselves and also one of the evidences that you recite even the loud prayers by themselves. There's also the, the, one of the evidences that you give the iqama even when the prayer is late. Some said no, that was because he was in a congregation. Others said that it's linked to the prayer. It doesn't matter. That's a different thing. You can go back and look that in four or five years ago when we studied that. All right. So that's that. That's that. That's that. Okay. Um, in the oversleeping example, using the example of sunrise being at 7 a.m., just say your eyes awoke at 7.30. Do you have to pray then or are you okay to go back to sleep and read it when you are fully awake? I've answered that before, Harith. Okay. Uh, uh, we covered that in detail. you got to pray it straight away, even though there are some scholars that said it's gone and now you've got up until Dhuhr. That used to be the opinion of Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shanqiti, Hafizahullah. But it's the exception. The vast majority of scholars says that you have to pray because the, the hadith says, فَلْيُصَلِّيَهَا إِذَا ذَكَرَهَا Let him pray it as soon as he remembers. Right? So that's why the vast majority said, you've got to pray immediately. And if you don't pray immediately, then you're not, uh, you're, you're, you're done for basically. Uh, Sheikh Mahmoud Mukhtar said no and he had evidences. You can find it in the previous sessions on the prayer times or whatever it was. Um, Alright. La shartun. La 
Shartun. And Sheikh Uthameen says, this is page now 144. He goes, I've got a copy here where it says La Shartan. And I also have a copy, by the way, a physical copy, which says La Shartan. Right? So, Talzimur Rijala, Lissalawatul Khams, La Shartun. But in one rewire of this text, La Shartan. Translates, translates as it is required for men to pray in congregation for the five daily prayers, but it is not a condition, meaning the congregation is not a condition for the prayer. It's not a prerequisite for the prayer. It's not one of those that if you do not pray in congregation, then you don't even have any prayer. Your prayer is cancelled out. All right? It's just an obligation, just an obligation, meaning that you are sinful, but the prayer is still valid. It is not a condition. Now, just on the, on the point of the Arabic, La Shartan is not accurate. Okay, um, it's a weak opinion from an Arabic language point of view. But La Shartun, as Sheikh Uthameen explains, is correct. It is uh, uh, it is the, what we call the Khabar for the Mubtada, which has been uh, hidden. Well, yani, not hidden, but yani, it is assumed. La Hiya Shartun. Hiya is the, the word which is assumed in brackets it is not a condition it is not a condition but it is not it here it is not anyway that's just arabic so it is la shartun it is not a condition all right um sheikh uthameen says why would our author say it's not a condition why would he say it's obligation obligatory but not a condition well there's a couple of reasons the first reason is is because you do need to clarify. A lot of people assume that when something's obligatory, it means it's a condition as well, right? And if it is actually a condition, then that makes it incredibly serious. As I said before, if you don't fulfill your preconditions, then the act is gone. It's a complete, you didn't offer it. You have to make it up another time. If you don't offer the, it's like wudu. Wudu is a condition for salah. Can you imagine praying wudu, uh, salah without wudu? With, yeah, without wudu? There's no prayer. You can pray the whole prayer. There's no prayer. You're wasting your time. Likewise, they're saying, if you say it's a condition, then anyone who doesn't pray in congregation and prays by themselves, wasting their time. No prayer. Sheikh Uthameen says, that obviously that needs to be explained. You know, what's, what's what, what's what. But the second, the main reason that he said, la shartun, is because he is establishing the humbly opinion within the Hanbali Madhab that is the dominant opinion and it's also the opinion of the vast majority of scholars in contradistinction to the opinion of some of the other Hanbali scholars in the school. There are a number of scholars in the Hanbali school so, and it's a riwayah from Imam Ahmad as well but not very strong and it's famously the opinion of Ibn Hazm and Abu Dawud al-Zahiri, the literalist school and sadly it is the opinion of Ibn Taymiyyah as well. That it is a shart. Which is a madness. It's a madness. That basically means that if you ever offer your prayer by yourself, you've not prayed. So basically every single person in the world. Every single person. Yeah? Think about that. So, um, have a... Uh, so we go back to the lesson and uh, check it out, like we mentioned. Um, the uh, the the madness of this position is significant. 
I don't think I need to explain that. I mean, it's a big shout. It's a big shout. Okay? It's a big shout. So, is the opinion, or as I said, of Abu Dawud al-Dahiri, it is a riwayah from Ahmad. It's also the opinion of Ibn Aqil. Ibn Aqil, of course, is one of the imams of the school, one of the pillars and the absolute, you know, kings of the Hanbali school. So this, that's why Imam al-Hajjawi, the author of this fiqh t- uh, text, has to go out on the front foot and establish it very clearly. I always said to you before that when these statements are being made that don't seem to be connected to what's being studied, there's often some kind of secret reason or hidden reason behind it, something happening behind the scenes. So, bam, he's basically saying that, that you know, I've got to say it's not a condition. That's the rest of our school. Yeah, we recognize that some of our colleagues in the school do consider it to be a condition, but we're saying no. So that's 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 where it's coming from. Anyway, these are this is uh, obviously Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Aqil are Hanabila, and they're taking it from one of the narrations um, of Imam Ahmad as well. Sheikh Uthameen says this is a weak position. This is a weak position, okay. And what makes it weak is the fact that the Prophet said that the prayer in congregation is better than the individual prayer by 27 times. Right? Hadith Sahih Bukhari, which we covered before. To say that one prayer is better than another, Al-Mufadala, when you say that 27 times prayer is better than the the, the congregational prayer is 27 times better than the, the, the single prayer, yeah, then that is a... Uh, what's it called? That is a uh, an indication that this is valid. How can you compare and say the excellence of this is twenty five times twenty seven times better than the excellence of this, and this not be valid? Do you understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, this has to be valid. Otherwise, it's impossible because then it's zero. If it's zero, like 27 times zero is zero. 27 times one is 27. That's a really good explanation of that. Well done, AE. That's the greatest piece of math you ever used in your life. Allah Akbar. I deserve some chocolate for that, you know that. I'm so impressed with myself, mashallah. None of you are impressed with things like that. وهذا دليل واضح على أن صلاة الفضل صحيحة ضرورة أن فيها فضل. yeah. anyway شيخ 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 عثمين says Ibn Taymiyyah responded to this point. okay. Ibn Taymiyyah responded to this point. he said that no no this hadith doesn't indicate the um doesn't indicate the um, that the single prayer, uh, or rather, it doesn't indicate that there, there's a problem here. Okay, it doesn't indicate there's a problem because this hadith is specific to people who have a legal excuse. So what he's basically saying is that this hadith in its entirety is not actually meant for the masses. This hadith is not to be applied. Ibn Taymiyyah is arguing. The hadith that we all know very famously that the prayer in congregation is 25 times better than the single one, that is 27 times better than the single one. These are hadith are not 
for the masses. This is a statement of the Prophet ﷺ explaining what happens to the person who cannot pray in congregation because of legal excuse. Now this is out there. This is left field thinking. Okay. Probably we could argue desperate thinking. But Allah knows best. Yeah. His argument is, is that if a person couldn't attend the Jama'ah because they were ill or injured or X or Y or disabled or whatever it is, that's what this hadith is for. To tell that person that your prayer by yourself at home is allowed and is equal to one and praying it properly like it's meant to if you were proper is equal to 27 times is um, that's what the rest of us get and he continued and he said you might find this surprising this is Ibn Taymiyyah basically I'm summarizing Ibn Taymiyyah's speech here Ibn Taymiyyah saying you might think that this is surprising but there's no problem with this understanding right you might say that this person is naqas meaning deficient because of their physical state or illness but there's nothing wrong in being deficient and he gives an interesting example he said because the Prophet ﷺ described yeah he goes uh, so I, I, I want you to, to listen uh, to this yeah Sheikh Hussam bin Taymiyyah he says because there's no What's stopping us saying that there's some deficiency with someone who's ill? Someone who's ill, there's no problem saying that they are deficient or that they're deficient in their prayer. What's wrong with that? Why do people need to get emotional about it or whatever? This is like what he's arguing. He's saying that if a person is ill or disabled or X or Y or Z, okay, he's getting one prayer. He's getting one prayer and he's not getting punished for it, but he's only getting a single prayer reward and not the 27 times. Or he is, there might be some other excuse, whatever the excuse is, but he, it's, it's, but it's deficient and he's got to own it. And he goes, what's wrong with it being, what's wrong with the calling him deficient anyway? Didn't the Prophet ﷺ say that the woman is deficient in her deen when she's on her menstruation? Does that make the woman any less so? No. Does this make the woman, uh, does the does it make the reason that she couldn't pray, which is the, the reason for the deficiency, to deen, yeah? Does this deficiency, to deen, deficient in religion, does it come for an illegitimate reason? No, it comes from an udr shari. It comes from a legitimate shari reason, which is menstruation. So she's not sinful. She's not punished. She's everything is normal, and she gets the reward for just being patient. Blah blah blah. But she's still called deficient. She doesn't need to feel deficient, take it on as an emotional kind of reality, but she is deficient. I think what he wants to say in more politically correct language is that what is being offered is deficient. You hear what I'm saying? All right. So um, that whole kind of approach is, I think, something of interest. Now, Interesting, meaning whatever. Now, what Naeem mentions, okay, that Ibn Taymiyyah is also narrated to have said that it is a farqifaya, 
okay? This is my personal opinion. And it's also my own reading of Al-Majmu' Al-Fatawa, okay? Um, now, there has always, as Nay mentions, that Imam Al-Mardawi, in one of the big Hanbali uh, books, Al-Insaf, which we've had references to in here, um, does actually narrate that Ibn Taymiyyah had two opinions on the issue. And I'm now going back many years now. Uh, we were always very comfortable with the opinion that Fatah Kifaya, right? Which means that as long as it is prayed in congregation, and by that we mean the Masajid, okay? Then it is something which is uh, lifted, the obligation is lifted from the people. And we were comfortable, but then the more and more that you research, okay? And the more and more that you do tahqiq of this, unfortunately, as much as it pains me, because I am Taymiyyan to the core, right? It does seem that this is the more correct and authentic narration from Ibn Taymiyyah. But still, the argument is there. The argument is there that he that isn't his position. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It just feels so non-Taymiyyan-like when you listen to his argumentation, right? Because what he's just said, doesn't make sense. Like Ibn Uthaymin says. Sheikh Uthaymin, he turns around and he goes, that doesn't make any sense. He goes, what about the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, which we covered a couple of months back, right? That, إِذَا مَرْضَ الْعَبْدَ أَوْ If my servant, if the servant, if a Muslim, is ill, or he goes on a journey, and therefore, he is unable to do uh, and as a result therefore you know he's not able to pray the sunnah and he's not able to pray the extras that he would if he was at home and he was normal yeah it will be written for him everything that he used to do it will be written for him what he used to do even when he's not doing it because this person is regular upon it make sense so how would that then like you know, how would that then compute with this hadith? You, you get the point? Yeah. Also, uh, Ibn Taymiyyah's interpretation. How would that fit with that? It doesn't make any sense. So, um, a person who is praying at home without any issue, okay, uh, sorry, because they have a legal issue, then, and they want to go to the jama'ah, and they used to go to the jama'ah, and now they can't because of some other sharia, as Ibn Taymiyyah said, they get the reward of the jama'ah. And Athena is talking about, you know, if they are, um, uh, 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 if they're deficient and it isn't their fault, why are they getting less reward, right? Well, that's dependent. If they are going to the masajid regularly, yeah, and that's their normal kind of uh, uh, action, then they will get the reward. But if they don't go to the masajid, what are you talking about? You can't yeah, be expected to be getting a congregation reward if you don't go to the masjid or don't even pray the congregation at home regularly. And then want the reward for the congregation. That doesn't make sense, does it? But if you are, for example, a woman that's praying congregation every single day at home, I think that she gets the reward for the... Because she definitely gets the reward for the prayer. Right? You don't make up prayers, do you, when you're menstruating? By the way, I got a question the other day about a woman that, that had started making up all her prayers for menstruation. Can you believe that? You know, never assume anything, folks. 
never assume anything there are people out there that get the wrong idea about various different kind of you know things in deen and they go with it and she was bamboozled when i said what are you talking about why are you making up your prayer for it's only fasting you make up she goes what are you on about <laughs> so so she gets a reward for the prayer but she can't be wanting the reward for the jama'ah or, or, you know, unless she prays it all the time. Then she, she'll get the reward. That's what the hadith, well, otherwise, what's the point of this hadith then? What's the point of the hadith, yani, if, 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 you get what I'm saying? All right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, Sheikh Uthameen says, and so therefore, the correct position in this issue is the position of the majority, and that is that the prayer is correct and authentic and valid sorry correct and valid um if it's not offered in congregation right um but he is sinful for leaving the congregation he is sinful for leaving the obligation so sinful for leaving an obligation which is to pray in congregation and um But if but the prayer that is offered is valid, it does not need to be repeated. He has fulfilled the required contract. Yeah, I need to offer the prayer. Okay. Um and that's the position of the majority. So that's that. Okay. Now let's have a look at some of these uh, questions here. Uh let's have a look. Is the woman less rewarded? No, as we just answered, no, not no less reward. Besides Ibn Taymiyyah, mentioned also that Salah is batil if not prayed in Jama'ah. Yep. As is the case with many other Sunnah acts, when a person is regular with an act of worship, but due to X, Y, Z, they weren't able to. Would women get rewards for the prayers they missed to menstruation because they had prayed it if it went? Yeah, as long as they were praying it. As long as they are regular. That's the whole point. That we need to do. That's coming later, Salma. And if you missed, do you need that's coming later? This is not for now. Uh, Ijlal, you, my wife used to make them up because my mother in law made her do that. That's madness. I mean, maybe it's not madness. Maybe, but a woman, if you, you know, someone's no one's told you and you haven't thought about it and you said, right, I've got to make up the fasting. Well, prayer is more important than fasting and more regular. Why would I not make up the prayer? Okay. Um, in terms of the Congregation, I've got to say to you that my uh, so Maiz is asking what the class position is. Is the congregation a requirement for the prayer? Is it an obligation for the prayer? Is it a fard, fard for the prayer? Is it a fard kifaya for the prayer? Or is it a sunnah? The majority of the scholars are upon sunnah from the Malikiyah and Shafi'iyah and the Hanafiyah. Right. However, both some Shafi'is and some Hanafis, as well as many, uh, and the Hanbali school, of course, they occupy this significant minority. Don't put it into percentages, but if you were, it might even be like a 40% kind of thing. Right. It's a significant amount that consider it to be obligatory. So the majority, just about over half, consider this to be a Sunnah. As we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, the evidence is for them. This hadith about 27 times 1 the, 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 validating the prayer by itself 
every, uh, go back and check the, the you know the lessons right so their evidence have been established the the, the 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 problem is is that the position of this of the humbly school is very strong it's really difficult to argue with it congregational prayer seems to be very very obligatory all right then you've got that very kind of extreme opinion tiny opinion which has some hanbalis in it has obviously ibn aqil has ibn taymiyyah according to what seems to be the strongest position from him is of course ibn hazm's position and the, the zahiriya position which is that no it goes even further the congregation is a is a condition of the prayer not just obligation condition of the prayer you heard this mid opinion between sunnah and fard is that it's a fard kifaya fard kifaya means that as long as people are establishing it then it is okay now here's the problem people getting mixed up between are we talking about congregation or are we talking about attending the masjid for congregation okay this opinion of fard kifaya which means that as long as someone is doing it then you don't have to do it doesn't make any sense for the congregation prayer in principle it only makes sense for the masjid and that's why some of the scholars said that what Ibn Taymiyyah was saying is that the congregation is obligatory and it's a shart of the prayer in one uh, uh, position and then he said fard kifaya to attend the masjid for it so he's saying that the basic asal of the prayer some scholars said that and i have to say that i find this explanation interesting this is trying to reconcile ibn Taymiyyah's two statements on the issue so if he says that it is a shart which is clearly narrated from him then this is referring to the prayer in general wherever it is whenever it is this means the prayer and you know in principle okay in principle it has to be offered in congregation wherever it is whoever it is however it is the best form of doing that is in the masjid absolutely no doubt and that's a fard kifaya meaning that you don't have to as long as someone else is doing it but if nobody else is doing it then not only is it a condition for the prayer but you got to offer it in the masjid as well but if someone is offering it in the masjid then you're okay with it at home because it's only fard kifaya so that's why i don't want you to think about fard kifaya as a viable option or a discussion point in the issue of congregation in congregation you should think of it as a sunnah mu'akkada like the majority of scholars hanafi shafi'is mostly maliki's a little bit that is an obligation you have to pray the prayer in congregation you are not allowed you are sinful every time you pray the prayer at home it's a lack of effort it's a lack of intent it's just laziness yeah that's the argument and the evidences which are pretty yani and then the final position which is that it's a shart we can take shart out we just refuted that the sunnah argument is not the greatest it's a possibility but it's not the greatest then you're left with the obligation do i feel comfortable for the class position meaning my own position that it should be seen as an obligation i don't feel comfortable with it i'll also put forward that the scholars that you see that state that it is obligatory you also find some statements from them which are kind of slightly contradictory to their own held position for example ibn tayyib uh, 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 um, we're going to come to this in a second but but uh, Sheikh Uthameen, for example, he used he he gave an example once of the, uh, of a of a of a the, the civil service or like the t town hall, or where government structure is situated and the different departments that are operating there, and he said that 
when you've got different departments of a government, whatever, they will obviously have a prayer room. Muslim country, they'd have a prayer room in the thingy. But there's masajid all around the building. He goes that, do they have to go out to the masjid? And he said, uh, he eventually said no, but they have to pray in congregation inside the uh, house, inside the uh, building. So he seems to be lenient on the issue that it has to be absolutely offered in the mosque, even though he considers it an obligation. But then he will say, but, but for them, because if they go and so on and so forth, then there's going to be some problems. People are not going to get work done and the government's going to start to collapse. So no, they can pray in the, in the government department, in the office, basically. You can pray in the office, but it's got to be offered in congregation. So you sometimes see some laxity here and there, even though that's not referring to the congregation as such. I'll be honest with you, I don't have the confidence to put upon other people my personal opinion, which is that it is a sunnah mu'akkada, right? And I prefer the position of obligatory. I prefer the position of obligatory. That a prayer must be offered in congregation as much as humanly possible. Okay? Um... But we still have another section that we need to cover. I didn't. I shouldn't really have answered that question, okay? Um, because we need to clarify a further aspect, which is that the statement in the text, he can perform it in his house. He can perform it in his house. It's already assumed that a woman is praying it in her house, and the congregation is not a congreg is a requirement for the women. It's not a requirement for women. So let's just finish off that part, okay? Which is that. Um, and it's okay for him to offer it at home, i.e. for people, i.e. to pray in congregation at home. Okay, so even if the masjid is closed, then it's allowed uh, to pray at home, even though the, to pray in the masjid is obviously so much uh, better, but it's permissible for them to pray at home as long as you've got two people, even if one is a woman, meaning mom, wife, daughter, then you pray both together and don't go to the masjid. The evidence uh, for this is the, the, those scholars that, that, that established this opinion, they said the evidence for this is the statement of the Prophet that the earth for me has been made a masjid and a purifier. Masjidan wa tahura. Masjidan means a place of prayer, meaning we can pray everywhere, and tahura, meaning that it's earth, the earth it, it purifies, like in Tiamum. It's a purifier. So this is something specific for the specific for the ummah, okay? Hadith Sahih. So the Sheikh says that these scholars, they said the earth is all a masjid, and by that, if you say masjid, then that means jama'ah. So therefore, the jama'ah can be established anywhere. That's the. <laughs> I gotta say this is a weak argument, yeah. But anyway, so the jama'ah can be established anywhere, all right? Because masjid is everywhere, not just the masjid in the actual masjid. It says masjid, whatever. Now, of course, the translation of this hadith should be, is a. Uh, you know, masjid actually means where the place where you do sujood, right? That's what masjid means. So, um, the correct interpretation of this hadith is that the whole earth has been made a place where prostration can be offered, right? And also, it can be used to purify. Um, that's their main evidence. Other scholars said, um,
There was something I wanted to read to you guys actually. And that is here. What Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shankiti said. Is it lagging here? Yeah? Mm, no data. Mm. So just so that you know, I didn't say anything, okay? I noticed the lag as well. I noticed that it, so I didn't actually cover anything in that lag or that break, just so that you're aware. But I noticed that the stream went down for a second. Very strange. Okay, that's good. So, um, one of the other evidences, by the way, I just want to mention that Ibn Taymiyyah, just so that I can keep the, uh, uh, so I can keep evidences together. One of the evidences that Ibn Taymiyyah and other of the Zahiriya and so on, Ibn Aqil and uh, so on, that they use to consider the prayer to be a shart, meaning a condition for the prayer, is the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ as narrated by Abdullah ibn Abbas and collected by Ibn Majah. مَنْ سَمَّ النِّدَاءِ فَلَمْ يَأْتِ فَلَا صَلَاةَ لَهُ إِلَّا مِنْ عُذْرٍ That whoever hears the call to prayer and doesn't attend, then there is no prayer for him. Except if he has an excuse. This is of course the main hadith that Ibn Taymiyyah used. He said that this whole thing is all about excuses. So whoever hears the prayer, hears the call to prayer and doesn't attend, then there is no prayer for him. And their argument is of course that there's no prayer. Now the response of the majority that said no, they said number one, this hadith is weak, which it is. They said number two, even if the hadith is not weak, then la salah means that no complete prayer. That is not a complete prayer. It's not a perfect prayer. It's a prayer with deficiency. Um, that's like what that's what you expect really to be. To be honest. Anyway, let's uh, just cover this. So I told you what the evidence is of those scholars is is that those that said that the prayer can be offered at home because everywhere has been made a place of sajda. Yeah. Um, and Sheikh Uthameen says, and some of the uh, people of knowledge they said that um, they said that that. Um, to go to the uh, uh, prayer, to go to the uh, masjid prayer, is is from the fard kifaya. So So the point is, is that as long as someone in the mosque prays the prayer, that congregational prayer is a fard kifaya. Someone's got to do it. The system's got to continue. Islam's got to be there on the outside. People are got to be calling for the prayer and attending the prayer, and as long as they're praying then the rest can pray at home as long as they pray in congregation. This is now just about location now. That's now not, we're assuming congregation now, everything congregation now. Now we're just debating location. Does it have to be in a mosque or does it have to be at home? So that's another. Some of the other scholars, they said, Others said that you must offer this in the masjid. Every single person that is obligated to attend the congregation prayer or do the prayer in congregation, i.e. men, have to offer it in the masjid. Okay. وَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّهَا فَرْضٌ كِفَايَةٌ As for those people to go back to those people that said that it is a communal obligation, it's a fard kifaya. All right. They said that this is from the شَعَارُ الْإِسْلَامَ ظَاهِرَةٌ
they basically said that this is something from the obvious signs and it's got to continue. So as long as it continues, then we're good. But it has to continue. And it has to be, you know, if the all the masjids shut down and nobody attends a masjid, then basically there's no sign of Islam in that country. So it has to be kept up. And of course, the people are fought. That's the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, that if you don't hear the adhan in a place, then you can fight. This is in wartime, right? So, you know, from the instructions of war, is that you know you come upon a new area you don't know whether it's a muslim area or an enemy area and so for in terms of collateral damage collateral killing and killing of innocents you know it's tough to be asking questions and you know the whole point of attack is to surprise and attack and you know lay hate everybody the idea is is that if you hear the adhan in an area then that place is a no-go area even if they're kuffar amongst them you've got to be very careful because this is a muslim area and the Prophet ﷺ said that if there's no adhan, meaning that you can't hear any adhan, then that's the basic assumption, that's a non-Muslim area, go ahead and that is an area of attack. That's why the adhan and these external signs of Islam are so important. So they're saying that, listen, the prayer to be established in the mosque is that important. But as long as someone's doing it, then it doesn't now need to be done by the rest and the rest of us can now pray by ourselves at home, by, by, by pray at home in congregation, in congregation. As for those that said it must be offered in the masjid, they said, because the Prophet ﷺ said, the previous hadith, that I really was... Yeah, I'm going to finish this section, Mesa. I want to do another page in a bit. Um, um, because we've been on this obligation thing for like three weeks, man. So I want to speak about now the other people. So yeah, it'll be done in about five minutes, inshallah. Ten minutes, maybe five. Um, I really wanted to command for the prayer to be someone to lead the prayer. Okay. And I go and find those people. I go and find those people who are not attending our, uh, the prayer, not attending the prayer, and I burn down their houses with fire. Yeah? This hadith that we spoke about. Yeah? And these scholars that said that, that to pray in the message is obligatory, they said, Have you seen how the Prophet said, people? He didn't say those, he said those people that need to establish the prayer okay sheikh says jam'un tahsul bihim al-jama'ah falaw amkana an yusallu fi buyutihim jama'ah laqal illa an yusallu fi buyutihim yeah this is a good point he basically says that the prophet sallallahu said qawm people numbers of people a number of people think about this this is a subtle point if you say I want to go and find these people who are not attending the Jama'ah. A group of people can establish their own congregation because it's a group of people. The Prophet ﷺ did not add a disclaimer and did not say a group of people who are not establishing the prayer at home, I'm going to go and burn their houses. He just said a group of people. Now a group of people could, might be, maybe be establishing the prayer at home in congregation. But the Prophet ﷺ said, What's when he said that um, that I go to these people who are not attending the prayer and I burn their houses down with fire. They are not attending the prayer. He like ignoring the fact whether they prayed at home by themselves or in congregation, the crime is that they didn't attend the prayer. Not that they didn't pray in congregation, that they didn't attend the prayer. It's a very strong evidence. And Sheikh says this is the correct position. This is a correct position. And it's obligatory to offer the prayer in the masjid. 
and if it is established outside of the masjid or other than the masjid then they are sinful even though the prayer is valid according to the strongest opinion even though the prayer is valid but because they didn't pray in the masjid it is sinful He goes, as for our response to the people who said that it's only from the external signs of Islam, not something... But when, when, those, when, when those people who are arguing for it to say that this is only a communal obligation and that it's only from the external signs, the whole idea is that it's for the external signs. So as long as someone makes an external sign, it's not something from our individual contract with Allah, right? The Fard Ain means that it's required from us. But Fard Kifaya means that it's something which is just yani, on the outside. You know, it's just something to be seen as opposed to yani, required for us individually. Sheikh Uthameen goes, as for, as for those people, all right, <clears throat> he goes, if we were to go by this, if we were to follow this opinion of Fard Kifaya to the Masjid, yeah, it's only, the only going to the Masjid is only Fard Kifaya, every single person will remain at home because everyone will say, yeah, I'm sure there's someone else who's taking it seriously. Everyone would assume that the other guy is doing it. Everyone's going to end up praying at home. It's a disaster, he goes. So no, we can't make this argument that it's only from the external matters. No, everyone's got to have that concern. And the only way you're going to have that concern to go is if you consider it to be individually oblig obligatory. And then he goes, as for the people who said that the masjid has been, that, that the earth has been made for me a masjid and a purifier. Okay. Then there's no evidence in this aslan, he goes. Fala fi aslan. He goes, where's evidence here? What are you talking about? Because this is just in indicating that the whole earth is uh, a a masjid. And that's something which is specific to this ummah, unlike other ummah, unlike other nations, like the Jews and Christians, they've got to pray in synagogues and churches. They're restricted to their houses of worship, whereas us, we can worship outside everywhere else. Okay? We've got all places. Congregation is not being intended, Sheikh Uthameen says, by this, uh, by this hadith. It's the prayer itself which is being intended. And I agree with that. I agree with that. Definitely. That's why we translate that. Don't We don't say that it's a masjid. We say it's a place of worship or a place of prostration. The earth has been made a place of prostration everywhere. Meaning that pray outside, pray on the dirt, pray on the pavement. It's all good. Yeah? Sheikh goes, there's no debate in this interpretation. Where they're getting that from? There's where they're getting that, this idea from? No idea. Okay? And if we were to say that it is just a general ruling, it can be a congregation everywhere, it doesn't matter. Sheikh says the evidence is clearly specified to the masjid. Then he gives that example of the government offices. And he says that now if there were some government offices and there's all a whole load of people working in there and the masajid are outside and they say that we can't go and attend that main jama'ah because then there will be no one offering government services and the civilians will be harmed and the government structure will be harmed. So Sheikh Uthameen says, okay, well in this case then, and he also said something interesting, which I found funny. He goes that, you know, a lot of the people, once you tell the authorities that we're going to the Jama'ah, that's it, you know? Once the authorities allow you to do that, then people are getting off home, people are doing daily dealing, getting lunch, this, that, whatever. They're using the blag of the Jama'ah to actually escape. And he goes, if this is going to lead to you know, absentee, absenteeism and going to lead to laziness and uh, whatever, then 
what is in the interest of the employees and the government and for the people, the citizens, is to establish the prayer in their own office. But then he adds this, he goes that the congregation has got to be a singular one, it's got to be a main one. And he goes, they should make the hall that they're praying in have an entrance to the outside so that the people can enter so that it's almost like a masjid. So that it's seen like basically a masjid. But you can see that he's kind of weakening a little bit or not really being a little bit lenient on this uh, position. Then he says, Wallahu ta'ala a'lam. Now I just want to add something what Sheikh Muhammad Muqtada Shankiti says to complete this section. He goes that this idea that the prayer is uh, 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 obligatory is only for people who are not traveling. Those who are traveling, he said, are not yani, under this, right? He says, and I'm going to read what he says, which I think is very interesting. Um, and so, so, so Sheikh, Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shankiti, he says that that um, some scholars said that as long as the this is pretty much similar to what we just said a minute ago which is that the prayer is fard kifaya in the masjid he goes that if him not attending the masjid is not going to harm the masjid meaning that the prayer will still be established and people will still come and there's a proper congregation but just you not being there is not going to cause a problem then it's allowed for him to pray as long as he prays in jama'ah at home okay and they use the hadith um of the uh, the one that we covered before when the Prophet saw the two people come in from their homes didn't pray the, the Fajr Jama'ah right? they sat down and then the Prophet then said to them why did you do that? why didn't you pray with us? Yani the, 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 the Jama'ah why did you not do that? and they said we, we've already prayed in our homes we've already prayed in our homes and the Prophet said don't do that again don't do what again? Don't do what again? Don't pray in your homes again? Or don't sit by the side in a masjid when you attend and there's a congregational prayer that's going on. Join it. That becomes a nafil for you. Right? The one that you did is its only any status and that one yani, is its own status. You must attend the prayer. You must perform the prayer. So... Sheikh says that the scholars who Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar said that the scholars who use this argument, their angle is that they left the jama'ah of the masjid because of the jama'ah at home. And the Prophet did not criticize them for that. He criticized them for not praying in front of the people. Um, Sheikh Uthameen, sorry, then he closes and he says, In the Hadalayah from Salatul Rajah fi Ahli. He goes, some scholars explained this, the hadith though. They reconciled this hadith with others. And they said that, no, this is only referring to those who are on a journey. The, the, the Prophet ﷺ was in uh, khif, yani, meaning uh, in, uh, in uh, uh, near Mina. Okay. And, and they, they, therefore they were traveling when this happened. And therefore this was uh, considered to be an exception for traveling. And not something which is applicable at home. And therefore, Sheikh Uthameen says, uh, Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shankiti, my apologies, says that in conclusion, we will say that in al Musafir, la tajib alayhi al jama'ah in kani wa fi. So, um, that we will say that the traveler 
is not obligated to pray the prayer in congregation due to the difficulties of travel and out of ease for him but the one who's alone at home uh, 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 ones who's resident they have to pray and it's an obligation Wallahu ta'ala a'lam now that's the end what I want to say is this this is about as difficult an issue that I have the prayer in congregation and the prayer being in the masjid now you guys know you know that for me personally now on a personal level that I take this very strictly and people don't like how strict I take it I give a lot of people a lot of problems over it and so on and so forth and um, I just think that there's so many things that are based upon this and I think that at the practical level everybody needs to understand this ruling in this way that it is an obligation to perform the prayer in congregation and that it is obligatory to go to the masjid for the men and you've seen me say many times before that a man is not a man that does not pray the prayer in, masjid, in the masjid especially the Fajr prayer okay now temporary things and you know temporary kind of uncertainty instability illness some reasons that's okay that's fine but in principle that's what should happen it's important for that person's deen and their development it's important for the rest of the people the jama'ah is the asal of every good that we have the masjid that we have all of the good comes from the masjid in our community all of it all of it and it's got to be the base and people have become way too lazy on this and that's why even though in my heart i feel that both the congregation is also a highly emphasized sunnah and to pray in the masjid is also a highly emphasized sunnah i do believe that that's a very risky position to hold even legitimately i like i don't even apply it to myself right meaning that i i would consider myself that if i was lazy then i've done something wrong right and i think that we should understand this ruling as an obligation and so my class position is that we stick to sheikh uthameen's position that it is obligatory to perform the prayer in congregation as much as one is possible to do and to attend the masjid as much as one is possible to do i say as much as possible to do because if sheikh thamiz asks various questions he's going to give fatwas to say maybe that's okay maybe that's okay but in principle he's not giving any excuses and look at these people here about the government department who's saying no you got to make your own mosque and all this kind of behavior i believe that's a position that we should establish however i'd also accept that you know how on earth will the world work like that it just it's just very difficult the people who are working for example people who are working in non-muslim countries that don't have this kind of situation what would they do it doesn't fit with the general system so i think academically and i think yani legally we need to understand this to be an obligation i think practically speaking I think it's possible for us to know that there are exceptions on the odd moment here and there. All of us need to though individually treat it. What we say to other people is one thing, but we need to treat it as an obligation. Every single student of knowledge should be attending the jama'ah absolutely all the time regularly. Sisters, yeah, I like the fact that they do so as well, but it's not required from them. Yeah? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. If we say Rafiq says if we say it's what will be the minimum number of attendees? That's the problem. That's going to come in the next couple of weeks. You know, what does it mean to harm the masjid? What does it mean to, you know, that will come in the next few uh, lessons and so on. Okay. Um, all right.
Are we done, folks? Alhamdulillah, I think no questions, inshallah. Bilal asks, Marina wants to watch this. It's not a tutorial, man. I was just so excited. I said, listen, people need to know this madness. That's the problem, man. The comments. I never knew this thing existed. And then I saw this uh, uh, comment on the thing when I when I discovered the steam iron. The steam iron, by the way, has been upstairs for like six months. Yeah, I didn't even know that it was a steam iron. Then I used it and I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. I just gathered all this washing. It'd been five months washing had gathered up. Can you believe that? And I didn't even know the concept of creases. Then I found out creases, um, they get more set in, I think, when you leave them. And that if you iron clothes when they come out of the thing. And I didn't know any of this, but was. So then when I put that on, then people were saying, Do you, have you heard of uh, Fulan and Lazenby and la-di-da, blah-di-blah, and this and that, and condensing heat, and loop, tumble dryers that make iron. Oh, bakwas, man, my head was gone. Head was gone. Then I saw the steamer. I said, what a sick idea. So then um, I got it, and uh, yeah, so it was not a tutorial. So this example would be an example of a legitimate excuse that would not be considered sinful. So I mean, yeah, that's that's yeah. You know, you know, when scholars are trying to say something without saying something, this is one of those basically. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What is the ruling for Jum'ah ah Salah when Eid day is a Friday? Is it fadkifaya or obligatory for all? Well, these are off-topic questions, man. That's coming in in its own place. But no, I don't think that you need to go to the Jum'ah prayer if you pray Eid prayer. Why especially the Fajr? Because uh, Jodri, not opposed to the others. The most important prayers are the Fajr and the Isha in the Masjid. No doubt about that. The Prophet ﷺ said that only the Munafiqeen do not uh, attend those prayers. There's so much Hadith yani, about the Masjid. and We've got to go to the Masjid. But Fajr and Isha specifically is not just always a lazy paki doesn't come. That's a sign of the Munafiqeen yani, who don't come to those two prayers. And out of these two prayers, Fajr yani, separates the wheat from the chaff. Yeah? Fajr differentiates yani, the believers from yani, waste men. That's a fact. Now, that's of course notwithstanding excuses. People might have some legitimate excuse. That's fine. Some work or some very, very late night because of a legitimate reason, blah, blah, blah. That's something else. I'm not interested in that. Yeah? But in principle, we're talking about Fajr is everything in the masjid. It's a proper prayer, proper sacrifice, proper start to the day, proper people do it. Fajr is the start point of everything great. Wait till you discover actual steamers, the ones that don't even need the iron part. So someone also in the in the thingy posted the system, the steamer system, which is like a little mini cupboard that's on wheels. That's bakwas, man. That doesn't that doesn't do anything for me because it's only good for shirts. How would I put a thobe in there? Bakwas, isn't it? Sheikh Shankiti's conclusion, Sumaira says, for the Muqim Jama'ah obligation in Masjid. Yeah, Masjid, yeah. He considers it to be obligatory in the Masjid as well. Um, after going through the lessons, I still feel about still a, a bit confused about doing scheduled Qiyams independently. You, you shouldn't. You should avoid it. Huh? Wait, scheduled Qiyams independently. Am I allowed to wake up every night at a certain time to pray Qiyam? Oh, of course you are. <laughs> of course, of course you are. Of course, 100% that's preferred. That's you yourself by yourself. Absolutely, 100%. That's a sunnah. That's a great act. Um, it can be the same exact time for all the rest of your life. 
non-lesson related. This is the last question of the day. Given some of the ethical issues associated with companies like Tesla, what do you think in terms of purchasing stocks in such companies, providing they pass Islamic accounting screening? Well, so the second part answers your first part. Obviously, the ethical issues are being controlled by Islamic screening, right? So if it passes, then it means that the, the ethical issues aren't so much or they are to be mitigated. I personally think Tesla is okay. The problem is, is that when you start to now consider something's haram because it works in China or it works in uh, Uyghur territory or it works in X or works in Y, you're going to get in big trouble with your entire life, right? The American state, this, that. Are we going to now boycott everything? Russia now, for example, you're going to boycott your flipping gas. Yeah. You've got to be careful about making haram things of things of haram upon yourself that you can't handle. You get what I'm saying? Why do women get any extra ajr? What do women get any extra ajr for praying in congregation? I think so. I think that if they make the attempt to pray congregation, I think that they will get that extra reward. But I don't think that it is in principle something that needs to be done. Okay. And the habit of going to the masjid to listen to the recitation in congregational prayer while menstruating, I don't think should be a habit because it's not narrated from the female companions. But if a person did that, I think it's allowed as long as she's not taking up any kind of space or place of other people. Ice cubes in the dryer helps with removing wrinkles. That is an interesting one. I need some evidence for that. Bilal, go ahead on the te telegram. My boy, Jazz. Jazz has been yani, mashallah around in the scene. Blast from the past. But from the, is it blast? Blast from the past. Fajr in Jama'ah has an associated perceived difficulty with it that's often deeply set in people's minds. Once a person works through this, they find it really isn't. And it's important we keep reminding each other of this. Absolutely couldn't say that any better myself. You unlock Fajr, you unlock life. I've always said that the one who prays Fajr will just smash everything in life. Fajr in Jama'ah, I'm telling you straight, I only know champions that pray Fajr in Jama'ah. They are winners in life. Doesn't I don't mean Yani has to be necessarily, you know, like I, I'll give you an example. My Fajr buddies in 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 Longsight, which is an entirely different working class demographic, and Maki Masjid when it was in the, the end of the end of the nineties and then in the thingy, they, they were they were winners in their deen, in the sukun of their house, in the quality of their whatever. I'm talking I'm not talking you know, old folks who've got nothing better to do, but I mean I mean the younger folks, yeah. And then when I came to like Cheadle, and then obviously people more wealthy, poor, whatever, professionals, much more. Yani, I mean, I'm, I'm being very, obviously, general here, stereotypical. but And I found that the people who are praying the Fajr in Jama'ah are smashing Deen with their personal life, in their professions as well, in their businesses as well, whatever, whatnot. So just generally, the same goes for Egypt. I found that the same, same goes for every country that I've lived and stayed in and studied in. Smash Fajr, you smash everything. Honestly, Fajr Jama'ah is a sign of intent. It's a warning to Shaitan that you are finished, son. You are not going up against normal gravy here. You are, you know, this is this is alpha territory now. And I, I listen, I cover this in Protect This House. You guys must have seen that. And I say about the women, you lot are very dodgy if you are not kicking your man out. To the masjid. You're not doing the best of your husband when he's praying at home and doing that dodgy prayer. You should do his bestie proper. 100%. You've got, and you know, you can do it the nice way and, you know, love and, love and rewards and all the rest of it. Okay? Alright? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is best. Barakallahu feekum. Zakmala khair.
Ilm Night this Saturday night. Everybody here in UK, by hook or crook, make sure you're down to Birmingham. Make sure you're there by 6 o'clock. I'm going to start bang on time. We've got lots of content to get through. Lots of content. It's going to be great, inshallah. Aqsa, you know about. That's about it. All right. Has someone put the uh, Telegram group link up? So those who are not in Telegram group need to be on Telegram group. Guys, we need to put that every group. Shazad Mesa. Every lesson, I mean. Telegram group link. Barakallahu feekum wa zakumullah khair. Subhanakallah. Don't fight anybody. What? Don't, don't get divorced over it. Okay? Keep it in the thingy. Let me dial that back. I think you understood what I mean. Subhanakallah wa bihamdika shadwa la ilaha illa ant. Wa astaghfirukallahum wa atubu ilayka. We pro shaz, up shaz, up shaz. No, Shaz has been good this week. <laughs>